Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host, Dad. And we have been doing, uh, we're starting a series here on change. We just had like an introduction, kind of theology introduction to change last episode. And this one is Um, job change. But before we get to that, before we do that, we need to talk about today's sponsor. Who is? Today's sponsor is Weary Dads is going to sponsor Weary Dads. And part of the reason is because nobody will sponsor us. So can, but that's kind of like Peter robbing Paul or Peter robbing Peter. Or PJ, yeah, Peter oh, Jr. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, but Weary Dads is, is behind Weary Dads. This is sponsorception. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Sponsorception. <laughs> you, you created a Meta word. sponsor. You created a word. We sponsor ourselves. Yeah, we believe in us. <laughs> I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch. Is this guy? Hey, so we're talking about job changes. Let's get right into it because Weary Dads supports Weary Dads to talk to people about changes and jobs. What uh, prompted you to think about this as a topic, Dad? Well, the truth is our last six months has all been about stages of life and seasons of life and the changes from it. Because we have, as we mentioned in the last podcast, your wife's about ready um, to have a little girl, Frankie. And that could happen at any time. Francis. Francis. The second thing is today actually is a special day. Why is today a special day? It's Soren Keats' fifth birthday. Yeah. And Soren Keats is PJ's uh, youngest son who is special in so many ways for those of you that know Soren Keats. Okay. So th- that that's in my mind. Um, we have a scenario where your brother has met a friend. Okay, and she seems sweet. We have a scenario where um, we have you, not met her, so that's why yeah. he said sweet. Oh, uh, she, I met her. You didn't. Oh, I did. Okay. I met her. She makes a fine mocha drink at Starbucks. All right. So um, then we have the scenario where uh, you and I made the choice to purchase a home together. This was a change, moving in. How to uh, navigate that? Because we said that was a good word last. If you listen to the last one, navigate's a really good word. Navigate th- that. We had the scenario of my, your mom, my wife, taking care of my parents for the last six months. And now we've Before had to, even that, just choosing to have them move near us so yeah, we could take care of them. that's really good. For a year. Before that even yeah. occurred, the, the, where mom had to go over. Yeah. And then my, you know, the seasons have changed. My dad, your uh, grandpa Turin, falling and breaking his arm at mm-hmm. 89. And what that's led to, assisted living. And the fact is, we're going to talk about um, different changes. We're going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about children. Um, we're going to talk about empty nesting. We're going to talk about becoming elderly and i think aging we need, gracefully yeah yeah i think we need to do this because change is inevitable yeah. it is real it's good and so we're going to talk about job change today well and you know we talked you talked about uh, and i love this term seasons last time but one of the things about seasons is that while we can all recognize that they come back around uh for every person there is a sense of finality if you understand what I'm saying. So like when you talk about everyone has their spring, everyone has their summer and their fall and their winter. Yeah. And so like you have to recognize that in your own life. Except for Florida. 
Well, yes. So, <laughs> so in my life, there's just been a rainy season and a hot season. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a hot season. Uh, it, sorry, hey, hey, no, no, no. This is good because let me tell you why those that term season is good. There's, there's, there's a season where you went off to college, and the fact is that's not true. Okay, for folks for you don't know that I was coaching at a college. I was the dean of students, then the assistant basketball coach, later became the AD and head basketball coach. PJ, one of the privileges of that college is that PJ could attend there at no cost. So PJ, his first two years, you stayed at home. Now, there was some changes with that. You, you know, you're going to classes and different stuff, but you could walk to class, right? Yeah. And that was a really good thing. And then two years in, we said, hey, I think it'd be good for you to go in the dorm. And how God used that. Then you were later, it became... Uh, uh, a Harley, RA. yeah, an RA, and then the next thing you know, dorm you're supervisor, dorm soup, and how God used that changes. But I can remember taking your brother to Sanford as a freshman. And there was a couple of changes: changes for him going into college, change for us to become empty nesters. I'll never forget dropping them off, and they handed us Kleenex as we walked into the Sanford, um, like meeting area where they're dropping the, the reception pit, area. Yeah, wrote it, wrote it like a like a building where. They did all their theater stuff. A foyer for you, my Canadian friends. Yeah, you're gone. Leave your kids. We're gonna. And I remember you don't get really say, you give a hug and you're out. And I remember from Birmingham to almost the border of Georgia on Route 20, your mom and I just crying. We weren't bubbling, bawling. I'm just like, this is so weird. And we're crying. And we both really weren't hungry. This is now, folks, at about 6.37. I went, are you hungry? She goes, a little bit. And we went to McDonald's and we stopped, which was... You, some of you are just questioning the validity of any qu thing we talk I'm about I'm still now. stuck on bubbling balling. Okay. I'm going to definitely steal that phrase. That's great. <laughs> and we stopped and we got two Egg McMuffins. We ate them and we stopped crying. Everything got better real quick. <laughs> the truth is you that were, was... You were loving it. Hey, yeah, I was. Let's, let's talk. There's two different seasons. We're going to Empty Nester and Drew is lurching out into life. Yeah. A la launch pad here. And in every case, you're going to have changes... Uh, and, and uh, you know, you say job changes, but really changes in your work. Because even as you uh, head into a, a hopefully a time when you're slowing down in terms of like retirement looming, obviously not yet, but um, not quick enough. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> but, I love what I do, so I don't know if I'll ever so retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but the the work is going to change. The work has changed for you. There was a time where you were. Um, the guy filling up water balloons, and now you're not the guy filling up water balloons. Praise God. <laughs> I filled up, I remember walking into Pastor Miller at First Baptist Church and saying, Pastor Miller, I was 42, which for all of you that know about youth work, that's way too old, unless you're immature like I am and was and forever shall be. I walked in, I said, Pastor Miller, yeah, um, I think it's time for me to do something different. I'm sick of filling up water balloons. And he started laughing. And I was actually looking to be the evangelism discipleship pastor at First Baptist uh, of Mishawaka. And that's when Northland called. Yeah. All, all unexpected. Right. I um, Talk to us a little bit, though, about uh, job changes, though. How should we handle those? Uh, what prompts those? That kind of thing. Well, there are a number of ways we all understand that this is prompted. Sometimes it's opportunities, and sometimes it's the outcomes, like it's not happening. Um, I always have said this, I have mentored people through these, how you leave a job 
is probably more important than how you come to a job. How you respond, your attitude. If you have made the choice to leave a job, you ought to be upfront, person of integrity, and have a plan for that exit so you can help the place you're leaving, not just ditch it. And in every case, whether you chose to leave or you're being asked to leave, I think expressing appropriate gratitude is going to be important. I was going to use two words, and one you expounded on last time. Gratitude and grace. Show, mm-hmm. show grace in whatever way, okay? Because there could be some hurt. Yeah, some... grace, the, the, your, your favor and your, your <laughs> giving to them things that they don't even deserve, right. you know? And, and then um, gratitude, grateful that you had a job, and, mm. and be grateful that you can help them be successful. And then I think the next thing is your entrance, how you enter a job, you know, how you come into it. What do you bring to the table? And the first thing I would say is you got to, again, have grace. You know, you may be stepping on some toes, and you need to bring energy that is excitement and encouragement to those in the office because this is all change can lead to a lot of fear. Like, how are people going to respond to me? Okay. And uh, go, you, go, go ahead. I just wanted to, there's a story that I saw from Mark Cuban that I really appreciated. Um, and I shared it with Becky Sue because this is something we try to do in our own business and we've been sharpening how we talk about it. And I think this story really illustrates it. Um, when you talk about having grace as you, exit a job, you leave a job, in your job, people are going to be like, yeah, like uh, there's a lot of talk about setting proper boundaries. And one, I think that's right. You should have proper boundaries, right? Um, And once you set proper boundaries, then you can show grace. If you're showing, if you're quote unquote showing grace and you don't have proper boundaries, then you're just giving and you're, and you're you're like, you're getting trampled. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting trampled on really. Right. And so uh, Mark Cuban, uh, they asked him about his greatest losses on Shark Tank. And one of them, uh, this guy did a breathalyzer app. It was a little Mm -hmm. uh, thing that he attached to your phone and you could do a breathalyzer test on your phone. And so he poured a million dollars into this guy and he was looking at the guy's social and the guy would like every week, he was like in a different place. He'd be like Miami. He'd be on an island with Richard Branson the next week. Um, and he's like, hey, why aren't you working? And he's like, oh, I, I am. I'm networking, right? And uh, at the end of it, uh, it became very clear the guy had done nothing and just taken the money and blew it on his budget for just partying. Mm. And uh, Mark, you know, Mark Cuban was obviously like, obviously just cut all ties with him, right? Which is proper boundaries, yes. right? Like, you're like, okay. You've, but they're like, so did you like yell at him? Did you let him have it? He's like, no, there's no point. And you can even tell that he has let it go. He didn't dwell on it. He just cut him off and he just moved on. And, and that I think in some ways is mercy and grace. Like you want, I want to lash out. I got, I got to tell them. Which and it's takes like, nothing but time, energy, and effort. And there's, it, there's no, if, if you can give grace and create a positive outcome, great. If you have this other person and you could just really let them have it, but it doesn't change anything, just let that person go. And so I, I think that's something, you know, when you leave a job and you're like, well, they screwed me over, right? Like, how could you? Yeah. Um, or they really, uh, you know, you enter a job and, and there, there's some things that go awry. Ha- giving grace to create positive outcomes where you're like, I'm just going to give a little extra here yep. because I can see if I make this little connection, it'll make it better. 
Or if it's just broken, just leave. There's no reason to create more negativity than is necessary. All it does is really, it hurts you and it hurts them. Right. It's just a, it's a, just because they can't control themselves. Uh, domino of negative effect and, and good just to make it a cut it off. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to say this. Um, when you are looking for a job and as you're getting ready to change, some of the best things you can do is just educate yourself. Mm. Okay. Educate yourself about what the purpose of that company is. And that purpose will reveal that culture. And you got to kind of get a feel for the culture. And, and this is not job change. This is before you make the job change. So I think it's, and then the second thing, and I think this is really big when you either are researching, taking the job. And even when you get there, you got to know the people. Yeah. Because the people are part or creators of all of the culture. And then when you get there, go ahead. Uh, I actually just saw um, there's someone that we're, we're a speaker that we've worked with, and she did an interview with someone. And they were talking about the power of story. So as you're talking about connecting to people and you're talking about connecting to culture, um, go and try and find out the stories of the company. So Very as an example, so. uh, there was this credit union that started and it was a bunch of guys. It literally started with like three guys who were working on a telephone line and they started putting money in a shoebox and then they got other people to join. And whenever someone needed a loan, they give it to them out of the shoebox and they would just take like take it back and back and forth. And it literally started with all these telephone line workers paying for each other's family stuff and just loaning it back. And so that gives you the heart of the company. So reaching out to those people who've been there a long time and just hearing how things started will immediately connect you to those kind of You know, it's interesting you say this because I would say you almost need to get the history of the company. Yeah. The history is a big deal. And I had... History uh, of people. Like when you talk about connecting people. Right, like how it all occurred. So people, and then when you do get the job, you need to as quickly as possible, (coughs) excuse me, understand the processes, the procedures, and the policies, like how they do things. So that you you say those three again? That was good. That you have to understand the processes, how they do things. Okay, very similar, but procedures. There's a, you know, whether it be the upline, downline, sidelines, all that. And then their policies. Like they're important that you understand that you're not over that you're not frustrating people because you're not following through. And so there's even a time when you get a job, there's a little bit of limbo where you're learning all this stuff. And I when I joined Nation Coaches, that was one of the best things. They said, take a month, figure out what you're doing. And and that was hard for me because I'm usually just going right at it. And we just added another guy, our director of Florida, Jim Good, who's just knocking it out of the park. But Jim did the, 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 they was given the same option. Uh, make sure you, and, and one of the things that we were told to do is learn the history. Yeah. So I'm right now writing a regional director onboarding uh, manual for nations of coaches. And all these things are going on. Yeah. Like, like how you get paid and all those things. Well, those things do matter. <laughs> right, Last like understanding, yeah. and then you know options for um, your insurance and so forth. But there are way more than that. Like, what is the company's um, mission, vision, purpose statement, and core values? Now mm. you better know those before you join, right? But then when you do join, like I memorized ours, yeah. So that I and you know I I will look at them uh, for the first year. I re- I memorized it. I, I looked at it every day and read it every day. And what this will lead to, and by the way, I want to say this. I want to finish with with this um, before I go to my final point. But when I talk about that is we have a scenario. 
I've mentioned people, and then the other, go, I'm going to go back to people. Every company, it is imperative who the people are, what their stories are, and you mentioned that, their paradigm, what's going on in their life. Right now we have a staff member who's, uh, who took care of, her, I believe, her mom for like eight to ten years. I mean, had to take care of her, clean her, wash her. And um, it was exhausting. Taught her daughter much, who is now a, like a sophomore in high school. And now the same thing's going with her dad. So, yes, she knows what she's getting into, but the, that'll stretch you. Ugh. And it'll Im- impact you. Now, fortunately, she's part-time with our ministry, but I think that's important. Even as you talk about paradigm, uh, even if you connect with the people, like uh, I remember working with some guys, um, and it quickly became apparent that we just had different a different paradigm. They were just getting started. I was just getting started. And good people, but they were very much about hustle culture. They, their whole thing was working 12 hours a day. And uh, I know for some people that works, for my goals in my life, values in life, that's not what I want to do. I'm, I'm not a 12-hour-a-day digital marketer. Um, I have other things. I, I homeschool my kids. I want to be home with my kids. And so we end up parting ways. And uh, it wasn't, it, honestly, everyone handled everything well. It was just obvious that we had very different ideas about what we wanted to accomplish. Well, but then you didn't have a job. What do you do? Here's the truth, folks. The, the truth is, it would better be for PJ to be in limbo a bit and grow himself. And find, Now, that wasn't an easy time, but the fact was it would be worse if he stayed there. Yeah, the only thing worse than not having a, a, a job for six months to a year is uh, spending 10 to 20 years in a job that isn't a good fit. Such a great point. And we talk about this with college basketball. It's better to have no assistant than a bad assistant. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that, that, that'll just change your whole uh, direction. So let me, let me finish with this if we can. We're talking about this change and the change of a job and the importance of, you know, how you exit and how you enter. Jobs will cause you to evolve and grow. It'll extend you again, which leads to growth. We talked about how you walk in and you want to be an encourager and how you can see yourself be encouraged. And then we talked about the importance of people, the processes, um, understanding the procedures and the policies. But through all of this, and I want to finish with this, it, this transition will help you to live, learn, lead, and love. In other words, it'll help you to live with wisdom and discernment because you're gauging everything that's going on, you will learn much by changing a job. You'll learn more about people. You'll learn more what makes them tick. It'll make you a better leader because you have educated yourself. And the final thing is, it'll cause you to love the fact that God's sovereign, as you talked about before, and how you can learn to love people sometimes that are different than you. And all that is part of a job transition. Any other thoughts as we close, Peach? No, I think you summed it up really well. Appreciate you. Love you. Folks, job change potentially is inevitable, okay? That <laughs> sounds crazy that I would say potentially inevitable. Your work is going to change eventually. It's like- gonna, you're, if, if, if you stay within the same company, I almost will prob- promise you there'll be a job change inside it. If you go to a different company, that's inevitable. All righty? Thank Absolutely. you all. Love you. Love you, buddy.